No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 110, where David prophesies about the future reign of the Messiah. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Today we look at a psalm that is quoted more in the New Testament than any other psalm. And guess what? It's all about Jesus. It is Psalm 110. We will also look at Psalm 111, which is one of the Hallelujah Psalms. Psalm 110 begins, a psalm of David. Both Jesus and Peter credited this psalm to David. It is quoted in the New Testament more than any other, for it proves the deity of Christ and that he is both priest and king. Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, you may recall that Jesus got a lot of heat from the Pharisees, mainly because they thought that he was claiming to be the son of God, which he was. But Jesus quoted this verse to show that he was, in fact, the son of God, just as David had said that he would be. Matthew twenty two forty one says that while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. And he said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? You see, the Pharisees believed that the Messiah would be the son of David, but not the son of God. When Jesus claimed to be the son of God, they accused him of blasphemy. But Jesus proved here that the Messiah must be the son of God, for otherwise King David would not have called his own descendant Lord. From what Jesus said, we can also conclude that these Psalms were not merely the words of men, but holy men of God wrote as they were in the Spirit. Therefore, the Psalms were the inspired and infallible Word of God. Verse 2, The Lord send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. So David is looking forward to the earthly rule of the coming Messiah, the Lord, as he will come out from heaven. He will come at the end of the tribulation period and he will bring forth his rule, which he will rule with a rod of iron. Now, it also says that his people shall be volunteers in the day of his power. It's interesting because he will bring forth his saints with him. I believe the church that we've been raptured by this point, we come back also riding white horses along with him to execute judgment on the earth. Jude 14 says that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things 
which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. As we look around the world today and we see ungodliness is abounding, just understand the days are short. Jesus will be coming soon, just as the Bible predicts. Verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, the author of Hebrews quotes the phrase, according to the order of Melchizedek here, six times. It forms the basis of his subject that Jesus Christ is our merciful and faithful high priest forever. When David wrote this, it was during the time of the Levitical priesthood, and nobody could be priest except a descendant of Aaron who was of the tribe of Levi. But David was of the tribe of Judah. For God said that Judah would be the royal tribe. So how could one of David's descendants be a priest? Well, David reaches back to Genesis 14, where after Abram defeated the four kings of the east to rescue his nephew Lot, Melchizedek, priest of God most high, met Abram, bringing him bread and wine. He blessed Abram, and Abram gave him a tenth of all he had. This Melchizedek, was a type or picture of Christ in his role as priest forever. As our high priest, Jesus Christ represents God to us and us before God. Verse 5, The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside, therefore he shall lift up the head. So he is speaking here to God and he says, the Lord is at your right hand. Well, we know that Jesus, after he ascended into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, but he shall return to judge among the nations. It is interesting that Jesus said in John 5, for the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Now, David also says that as he judges among the nations, he shall also fill the places with dead bodies. That sounds pretty gruesome. It is. It is spoken of in Revelation chapter 19. John says, I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and the armies gathered together to make war against him, that is Christ, who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received a mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword, which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. That will happen at the battle of Armageddon. Now today, Jesus is Lord of all, sitting at the right hand of God. He is the head of the church, which is his body. He is also our merciful and faithful high priest, whoever lives to make intercession for us. And soon he is coming again with his army of saints to execute God's judgment on the disobedient. 
He will establish his kingdom forever, sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem, and all his enemies will be his footstool. Now, if you haven't done so already, and I would strongly encourage you to believe in Jesus Christ and cling to him while there is still time. Receive him as your Savior, your Lord, your priest, and your King. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. This phrase, praise the Lord, is the Hebrew, hallelujah. And this is one of many of the hallelujah psalms because it either begins with the word hallelujah or ends with the word hallelujah. Now notice it says here that I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. That's the kind of praise God is looking for. Not half-hearted, but with all of our heart, with as much enthusiasm as you might shout for your favorite football team when they score a touchdown. But how much more should we be wholehearted about our worship of the Lord? And he says, I will do this in the assembly of the upright. That's a church as we gather together with other believers and we worship the Lord together. I love worship services where we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth with a whole heart. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. So the works of the Lord are great. I mean, who can argue that? All you have to do is look around at everything you can see and know that it ultimately came from God. Man might have taken the elements and put them together in a new way, but God gave man the elements to work with. Whether we look up into the stars or we look in, into a microscope and look at the micro-universe or we study nature in birds and fish and animals, wherever we look, we see the wonderful works of God. And they are studied by those who take pleasure in the Lord. So consider his works. They are honorable, glorious, righteous, wonderful. But then also consider his character. He is gracious, full of compassion, generous. He gives to those who are poor, those who are needy, faithful and powerful. So understanding his great works and knowing his gracious character, who would not want to worship him? Verse 7, the works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. So his works are verity and justice. Really, it's absolute truth and justice. And I love that in a world where truth is so relative, and the morals of, of the culture are constantly changing. We can count on the fact that God is absolute truth and justice. He's immutable and his precepts, his laws, stand fast forever. He sends redemption 
to his people. He had to because we failed to keep his laws. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay the price of our redemption. He commands his covenant forever. He will never forget his promises. And holy and awesome is his name. Worthy to be worshipped. Worthy to be praised. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Now the fear of the Lord is not a cowering fear before a judge, but the loving and respectful fear of a child toward his or her father. We will read much more about the fear of the Lord leading to wisdom and knowledge when we get to Proverbs. According to the Bible, we don't even start to get smart until we fear God. It is knowing that one day we will give an account before him for everything we say and do that leads to holy and righteous living. And that is really, really smart. Now, the psalmist concludes by saying, if you will fear God and obey his commandments, then you will have a good understanding about the things that really matter for eternity. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll move forward with Psalms 112 and 113. These celebrate the many blessings that come to righteous people and give the Lord praise, for there is no one else like Him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.